Hi, I'm Dee Dee Bass Wilbon. And I'm Dina Bass Williams, and we are the Bass Sisters. And this is Policy and Pound Cake. Dina, I am so, so bummed. I had mommy duty and carpool while you had an opportunity to actually meet the men of valor that is so exciting i am on their website and they are all about business it says men of valor they're committed to winning men in prison to jesus christ and discipling them their purpose is to equip them to re-enter society as men of integrity becoming givers to the community rather than takers that is awesome Yes, it is an awesome organization. I had a chance to sit and talk with Genevieve and Raul from the Men of Valor program in Tennessee, and they were amazing. I'm so grateful to our good friend, Izzy Ortega, who introduced us to this organization. Um, So let's just jump in and listen to some of the things that they had to say. So Genevieve, tell us, uh, this is a fancy word that we keep hearing, recidivism. First of all, what is recidivism? Help our audience understand what is driving so much high the high recidivism rate in our country. Sure. And I'm from East Tennessee, so I'm going to keep my twang down as much as I can. Um, but recidivism is just that revolving door of the criminal justice system that we hear so much about. And so we measure that by once a person is released from incarceration, Um, What are they doing for the next three years? And if they get picked back up, I mean, that can vary state by state, county by county. But ultimately, if they go back into incarceration within those three years, they have been considered to recidivate. Um, In the state of Tennessee, our newest numbers, it was about 50 percent after COVID in this last fiscal year. It's about 43 percent. We've been keeping track of our numbers since about 2009 at Men of Valor. Um, and looking over the average of those years, our recidivism rate is a little bit below 15%. Um, and so your question is great. Why? Why do we have such low numbers as compared to the state and especially the nation? And I think a lot of that has to do with our wraparound services. We are, you know, collateral consequences would be once you have a felony, all the things you now are limited in doing. And we try to break down those barriers. And so jobs housing. Um, Those are provided as soon as you hit our doors. And then we are working to advocate on a systems level um, for those same topics. Um, Once you're on our campus, we're doing cognitive-based approaches. We're doing evidence-based services. And so what that means is hand in hand, we're hoping you get SNAP benefits, a cell phone. I mean, there's a guy in my car the other day, he'd been incarcerated a little over 30 years. And he's like, what are these buttons? (laughs) You know, and so just Walking side by side with someone, I mean, we'd call that discipleship. We'd also call that social work. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think breaking down those barriers as well as looking at the person holistically. And so victim impact classes, uh, the ripple effect of crime, having to own and have accountability for what we've done helps us see how we want to act in the future and be very intentional about those actions. And so I think a head and a heart component are really what are helping our numbers drive down. Dina, that was so, so great. Now, did you, in your talking with them, did you find out what the requirements are, if they're requirements to actually be a part of the program? Yes, they do actually have requirements to be a part of the program. You just can't show up and get all of the services that they offer. So listen to what they say about that. Do people in your program have to, do they have to go to church? Do they have to go to 
um, these victim impact classes? Do they have to do these things or? Yes, they do. There's a requirement. They have to take X amount of classes. Some are electives. Mm -hmm. uh, it's basically broken up in four, in, uh, four three month cycles, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. And as, as you progress, you can elect some classes like uh, financial literacy or uh, how to cook, because a lot of these guys, uh, you have a great story on that, and never eat unhealthy foods, all kinds of different things. Yes, everything's required. Community services required. Uh, and, and because of that, some people, some guys drop out, because generally speaking, the state only requires a man to have a, uh, a reentry plan for three months, 90 days. So after 90 days, a lot of them can get their own housing. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's, yes, the, all our, our things are required. We are definitely not into handouts. Mm -hmm. we, our goal is for them to be a successful uh, citizen in, with, after us. And that's why we have a strong alumni group too. Uh, that's why we think uh, uh, a good job, a career job is more important than just whatever job. We do uh, have uh, pay program fees mm -hmm. after 30 days, because again, the first 30 days they don't go to work. So really that's about the only thing we really give them is mm -hmm. 30 days. Um, also, uh, they're required to work with a, a mentor or a discipleship person, uh, counseling and all that. So everything is required. But as they progress, they got more freedom. So that way, they're, they're not relying on us, too, when they come out. And, you know, the goal is to get them out of food stamps, mm -hmm. to, be, to be on their feet, and to be uh, givers to the community as opposed to takers. So, Dina, President Trump signed the First Step Act. Do you know if they had anything to do with getting that legislation passed? Well, they are, as I understand it, I think they're like focused on more state um, programs, but they did support okay. that. Yeah. Uh, now, that is for federal crime. Uh, we primarily, well, exclusively do state crime. But part of our mission statement is to help all men in prison, and that includes the federal level and uh we were honored to be asked to, to help in that framework of that and it's basically about giving hope again the key is to give tools to men once they get out um, because it's very unproductive to make it more and more difficult for them to live a successful life when they get out you know a lot of people don't know over 90 percent of men in prison are going to get out they're just mm -hmm. going to get out so how do, how do we want them to come out either a, a road of hopelessness and, and no success or a road of success. You know, Jesus said that the cares of the world strangle the seed and we plant seeds in the prison and the men are enthused and ready to go. But the challenge is a felony record to a lot of these men really is a lifetime sentence. It's like a big F in, in their chest. So they can't do this, that, and that. So we train them how to work with, even though they have that, that's not, that's not a, uh, an excuse not to succeed. Mm -hmm. So uh, we worked alongside with them for, for the federal uh, level. In fact, we have a, an employee who came from the federal prison and uh, President Trump uh, pardoned him, but he, he came out of that system. And so we're, we're very supportive of, of anything that would help uh, the transition from the men from inside to outside to be successful and, and give back to the community and not just take. Excellent. 
Okay, as you know, um, Genevieve, crime is in the news as some of the country's most populated and biggest cities are seeing huge spikes in crime, homelessness, and violence. Is this making it more difficult for your for you to generate support for criminal justice and prison ministry? Yes and no. Um, I think from a policy or systems level, um, a lot of what's going on is almost this cost-benefit analysis of if we make the, the price, the cost of crime go up, then maybe there'll be less crime. And I'm not sure that really takes the whole person into account. Um, it, it diminishes the hope aspect. It diminishes the desire to do programming while one is incarcerated, those kinds of things. But I also understand when we see these spikes in crime, I mean, historically our country um, responds. Mm -hmm. We go from punitive to rehabilitative measures over the course of decades. We've done it since the Quakers in Pennsylvania mm -hmm. with the first penitentiary. Um, and so I think it, I think a lot of these tougher situations that we're seeing now do help, uh, our volunteers, our mentors, those kinds of folks want to get involved. Um, it just, it does get tougher at a policy or systems level. Mm -hmm. And so how, um, as we see, as you know, we said crime growing, the rates growing in these, um, cities, one of the areas that we have a huge part for our rural communities. And um, I know that obviously in Tennessee, you have rural communities as well. Um, how are you working with, uh, with rural communities as it relates to your services? Sure. So we, you know, most of our prisons in Tennessee are, are spread out in very rural areas. Um, and so part of our issue and a very tough thing for us is drumming up volunteers to go into the prisons with us. Um, we have staff that go into every prison. We would love to have community go in. Mm -hmm. We think that things help work at the community level. Um, so we've been trying to see how we can uh, get more of the rural communities involved. Um, a lot of that has been bringing the word out um, in a different way. So we're trying to get churches involved. Mm -hmm. um, we've got a church on every block in Tennessee. And so if yeah. we had one church adopt one of our men, really, there's 850 people coming out per month in the state of Tennessee. Wow. But if we just adopt one person, um, each church, then we've got a really great crew of folks surrounding someone. Um, and so that's that's one of our goals is really outreach to the churches. Uh, and then we're working with, in, in Knoxville, for instance, we're trying to get ETHRA involved, which is mm -hmm. our public transport, of how mm -hmm. can we bring people to better jobs? How can we bring services or bring people to areas where there are services for them? So you said eight, yeah. Well, I want to also add that we are now expanding and doing jail ministry too. Mm -hmm. And that's really where it starts affecting the rural areas. There's a lot of, uh, the jails in the rural areas have no programming, mm -hmm. uh, overcrowded. And uh, so we're, we're expanding that services. And again, like Genevieve says, once once we're in a jail, then we start looking for churches mm -hmm. around. I mean, there's just no way we can do it all. It, it takes a community mm -hmm. and uh, the community has got to, give these people a second chance. So you said, Genevieve, 850 prisoners are, or, and please pardon me, I don't know the correct term, are being released every month? Well, a fair analysis of that would be 850 folks are being released from Department of Custody or Department of Corrections custody. And so okay. some folks are going to be on community supervision mm -hmm. or coming from the local jail. But yeah, 850 people are leaving custody of some type and coming back into the community. Wow. And so, um, Raul, you talked about partnering with churches. Uh, 
what are other kinds of groups that you that you're looking for partnership with and how has the response been um, to your call for um, for support? Yes, churches, and we also work with business leaders, mm -hmm. uh, mainly entrepreneurs, because most corporations, once you got a felony record, mm -hmm. will toss it aside. They won't even work with you. And it takes education because, you know, obviously there's there's a fear factor involved. But the good thing that the, that the entrepreneurs are seeing is they, they actually go through our program. We have random drug checks. We have mm -hmm. all kinds of things. And we take them to work until they get vehicles and that, that sort of thing. So they're getting employees actually more of a background check than someone just walking in from mm -hmm. the street so uh business business owners is is a strong we need we need more and more jobs mm -hmm. uh we just did an agreement with uh, uh a law firm uh, i forgot the name of it but um that uh works with them to try to work with their record expunge some that that need expunging or or any kind type of situation to help with their, their things. So it, it just takes different parts of the community to make it work. Excellent. Okay. And you said something you said about entrepreneurs. We are obviously basketball affairs is a small business. And when I think about um, like, I'm all, when, when we learned that we were going to have a chance to talk to you, I'm like, this is great. We love what you do. And then as you turned it on me, like I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a small business owner. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like my knee jerk initial was as, as you're saying this, I'm thinking, uh, you know, I don't know what, I don't know. Like, why do people, why do you, why do you find that people like me who are all, Oh gosh, I'm in it to win it. Let's, let's go men of valor. But then when you turn it on me, I do have a, um, like, I don't know. I, it makes me uncomfortable. The idea, how do you, well, over, how do you, how do you overcome I'm a Christian. I believe people should have second chances. I've professionally, I have supported this this work in the things that I write and the things that I talk about. But my money is not where my mouth is. Yeah, it's a change of heart. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just a matter of, of number one, walking out in faith. You mm -hmm. know, you just gotta, and also getting to know our program. Mm -hmm. We kind of uh, get to know them in our program, and then the proof is in the pudding. Mm -hmm. You know, if our men perform, uh, you know, it, it works, but. You know, we just believe in the power of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. and we, Amen. Th we think that people's lives are changed and they're a new creation in Christ. And if you go through the Bible, a lot of men came out of came out of prison and mm -hmm. turned out to be evangelists, turned out to be apostles, turned out to yep. be uh, you name it, kings. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's it's just uh, it's but it it takes education. Well, Dina, that was really, really good. Um, and Nashville is so dear to me being a Fisk alum, Fisk University. And so I, when I'm able to get back to Nashville, I really look forward to being able to look them up and finding out and seeing them and getting involved exactly what would they what they do. How can others that are in the community, how can they get involved with the Men of Valor? Well, they can go to their website, movministry.com. And there are ways to volunteer and donate. And we encourage you to do that immediately. Well, Dean, I just want to say in talking about um, the men of valor, they're in Nashville, Tennessee. And as we all know, the people of Nashville have just experienced a horrible crime. And so our hearts and prayers goes, go out to 
the community of Nashville, go out to the families of the school and of those children and the teachers and the custodians who were killed in the shooting recently in Nashville. And this quote, I'm going to, I hope I'm not pronouncing the gentleman's last name wrong, but Craig Corshaw says, says it this way, prayer is never a last resort. Prayer is our first line of defense. We are a praying family. We pray every morning um, in our morning meeting. We pray throughout our day and, and work. And we pray with our family and our friends. And so we believe in the power of prayer. And so our prayers are with the, the families, the Nashville police, the first responders, everyone that were, that were there to support the families um, in their loss in this um, tragedy. And, um, and we just, you know, we praise the Lord and we thank him for all that he's done. And we pray that he continues to watch over that community and watch over all the communities, watch over all the schools and our kids and keeping them safe, dear Lord, because it is, that was very hard and um, no family should have to go through what those families are going through. Amen. I agree. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Policy and Pound Cake. Uh, please remember to like, share, and follow. And tune in next time. God bless.